tomorrow night you go to New York and you deal with the Lynn sanity. Have you been following that story at all? What? Jeremy Lynn, are you following that story at all? No idea. I know who he is, but I don't really know what's going on too much with him. You're listening to the Double Clutch Podcast, made for the British basketball fans. Brandon Roy! Brandon Roy, the three, counted! And there's a foul! And a chance to tie it! Ginobili, step back, jumper! Hello and welcome to the Double Clutch Podcast. We're trying something a little new this week, trying to splice in the clips live as we record. So uh, if it sounds a bit funny, then that might be why. But uh, we thought we'd try it out because it'd be cool when we get guests on to you know splice in the interviews and stuff. And um, we know that's what you guys like. That's why you listen to us because we do we do things a bit differently from other podcasts. But today I'm joined by a man who joined us last week. Mr. Frankie Hobbs is here again. Hello. Hello. <laughs> that was very uh, quiet. Have you been asleep all day? Uh yeah, well, I had a long day, long day, a long week, should we say? So it's <laughs> nice to get down and talk about some basketball. It is indeed. Uh, Andy is away, or I think it's his wife's birthday or something. Business, top secret, <laughs> whatever. He's just not here, um, which is annoying because we had some tweets that directed towards like the '80s basketball and the '90s basketball, <laughs> and me and Frankie probably aren't in the. Uh, Best of standings to discuss that. But anyway, we're just going to kick things off with the announcement that um, an NBA game has been announced for London. I believe this is a pre-season matchup. Manchester. Uh, not for London, sorry, for Manchester. Um, October the 8th, the Oklahoma City Thunder will face Frankie's Philadelphia 76ers at the Manchester Are- Arena. Um, that'll be an interesting one. Are you, you going to look and get in tickets? Uh, yeah, or? hopefully. I mean, it, hopefully. Uh, yeah, when they haven't, I don't think they've announced anything yet, but definitely going to look going up there with a few mates. We good. I don't. I, I didn't think I'd ever get a chance to see the Sixers, but that's good. Yeah, it's 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 nice to see the Thunder because obviously they're a West Coast team, so you don't tend to get a lot of the um, yeah the West Coast teams coming across. But I think because it is preseason, then it's not too much of a drag on um on the actual way they work. So they've got um like the the schedule's quite tough for both teams. I think like uh, Philly, I think, is in Bilbao, or and like they're all around the world. The fixtures so. David Stern wants to uh, get the game global. Yeah, which is what the NBA is all about at the moment. It's like spreading it globally mm. and games in games in uh, Manchester. Well, it's sort of the middle of the country or, or almost. It's between you know Scotland and the bottom of England, so yeah. it, it makes sense. And there's games, well, there's games in Spain, and you know they're all over the place. Uh, they're in the Philippines. I mean, there's there's games everywhere, and that's what David Stern's been all about recently. It's just been you know sort of 
spreading the influence of the game and he's going to retire soon so um he's doing what he can to you know to make the game more more global but um moving on from that because that's pretty good news for us english fans i know that um frankie was excited to, to say the least when he saw mm-hmm. his uh his his team were selected get to see drew holiday playing for the real <laughs> <laughs> um that they're definitely interesting games to go to. Yeah. Me and Andy have been yeah, the London ones. I mean, I saw the first regular season matchup when Darren Williams was just traded to the Nets. And um, yeah, that was an interesting game. Unfortunately, I didn't see the triple overtime game the next night. I had gone to the wrong one. <laughs> Andy left early in Ooh. the triple overtime. He got tired and went home. <laughs> I've never been to an NBA game, so pretty lucky. I'm looking forward to it. It's it's a really weird experience because you get because NBA London you had a lot of people from like Spain and France and you know Germany and stuff all coming across so it's a really weird matchup like when you'd get the chanting you'd hear all these different accents like there was a lot of Irish people sitting behind us and there were some Spanish people over in the corner and some Canadians and yeah because it was the Raptors there was a lot of you know expats around yeah. so it was it was it was an interesting matchup I don't think you get quite the same sense you get from going to an actual NBA game yeah. but until I've gone to one. I don't. I don't really know. <laughs> I know Andy has been to. He's been to Knicks games and things like that. So, be interesting. But um, we're going to get through your tweets quite quickly because we did put out a post asking you to get involved using the hashtag NBA in the UK this week. Um, Sunday night there were a few games and some people jumped in on our um, Google. I can't remember what it's called. Google Plus chat room. I know Frankie, you were there. Tom Awesome Right Wells was there. Um, Conrad Smash. There was a bunch of people joined in. And um, yeah, it worked okay. I think it's a little bit difficult to get everyone on that sort of time on a Sunday night because you know people have got kids and school the next day and work to do and, and stuff. So it's awkward. And I'd normally be at work, so I, I wasn't. I wouldn't usually be there. But we're just going to roll through some of the tweets. So we asked for your questions and stuff. So the first one we got was um, from JB on Twitter. He asked, "Are the Memphis Grizzlies serious contenders in the West?" Um, he says he thinks they are. He says uh, Gasol and. Zebo are built for the playoffs. Um, I, I agree. I think Gasol is possibly playing at a better level than his brother is right yeah, now. Um, definitely. Um, Zebo has, has just come into his own. I mean, there were, there were rumours that the Lakers would, would trade Powell back for him and stuff, but that, that never came through. But I think they're, 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 they're like the Lakers. They are built for the playoffs, the Grizzlies, and if they get there, they're going to trouble anyone. And I think Tayshawn Prince, has uh, since joining in February... He's turned the mentality of that team around. I mean, he's a pass-first, you know, offensive helper sort of guy, he, whereas Rudy Gay is a bit more, give me the ball and I'll, I'll score. You know, I'll get you 30 points tonight. So I think the mentality of the Grizzlies has changed, and I think that they, they're, they're serious contenders in the West, and they could even knock the, the Thunder off. If they've got one more game against the Thunder, I think they're four behind at the moment. So, you know, if they, if they, uh, if they beat the Thunder in that, that next game, it's all to play for because you know Oklahoma tend to tend to lose games when you don't expect them to. So it's an interesting one. I mean, what do you think, um, Frankie? They're, they're a very good team. Like they're just, they're just so tough. And in Mark Gasol, he he marshals the defense, and it's, it's such a good defense defense. And I can't. This one of the teams which you'd least like to play. That they're nine and one in the last ten. Like Tayshawn Prince, as you say, they're more team orientated. Like Rudy, losing Rudy Gay, we thought was purely salary based but it clearly isn't yeah. and uh, I can't I, well, the, I can't see many teams beating them the scary thing is they're 15 and 3 since the trade yeah <laughs> I mean everyone was like oh I don't know if this is a good thing I know we came out I mean me and Andy said we didn't think that would be a great thing for Memphis but it has um, it's turned around Lionel Holland their coach yeah. was 
he wasn't too happy when the trade happened, was he? And I remember him at, all, at the All Star weekend commenting about it, saying he didn't agree with it and stuff. But um, no, they they've won 15 games and lost three since trading Rudy Gay away. So I, I guess that tells you you don't need a superstar scorer in this league. But Tayshawn Prince has just been he's been outstanding. He really has, you know, bring a veteran player into that group of you, that group of players. Michael Conley's playing well. It, and they just work. I mean, they absolutely battered the Lakers a while back, and I wasn't happy when I watched that. But Zach Randolph and Gasol. I mean, people talk about the old two towers that used to be in you know Los Angeles with Bynum and Gasol. They might have their own going on there now. And if they get to the playoffs, then I think they could possibly they could get to the conference finals at least. Yeah. Would you if um, they play? They play I, I think I'd put Mark Gasol in the conversation for Defensive Player of the Year. He, Oh yeah, yeah. Without a doubt, I think he's really just—he's come along. He's sort of jumped out of the shadow of other players. Because yeah. while Rudy Gay was there, a lot of the ball was just going to him, and they were, you know, using—they were just scoring through him. But now Prince has turned up. Prince tends to pass the ball a lot more, and Gasol seems to be the one who's profiting it from the most. And he's like his brother. He's got—he's got, you know, he's got a really good jumper, and he can just—he can hit fadeaways, which tends to scare people. And they both got lovely and, touches around the room, and they can bring lovely passes in. Oh yeah, they 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 both got length, so yeah. they bring you know huge rebound ability, which is a team that you know when they play Eastern Conference teams, the, the Eastern Conference teams struggle yeah. with because they they're not too big. Some of these, I mean, you think of Miami. I think the Grizzlies could probably struggle struggle them right now. They would they, they'd have trouble containing someone like LeBron. But then again, everyone in the league has yeah. trouble trouble containing LeBron. <laughs> so I think um I think you, you're on the right track there, Jay. I think they they're definitely built for the playoffs. He also added a great podcast guys roll on the playoff. Love a first round Celtics versus Knicks matchup. Garnett versus Anthony. Round two. Ding, ding. Oh, I, don't <laughs> I believe he's referring to the possible <laughs> fight that was going on. <laughs> um, we had one from Andy. Our, our Andy, that is. He said, I'm keen to hear your thoughts on the Lakers' playoff chances following Vino's injury. That's Kobe Bryant. Um, we'll get onto that later, Andy. We've got a, we've got a lot of Lakers. <laughs> yeah, we've got a lot of Lakers heat stuff to discuss. Um, we also had one from Liam, and, and I believe Liam followed us on Sunday night. He saw the uh, hashtag that was going around on Twitter while uh, NBA on Sky was on, and obviously our hashtag is NBA in the UK, so people started using that as well. Um, he messaged in saying, thoughts on Kevin Garnett reaching reaching 15 from the all-time scoring list and being one of eight players to be top 15 scoring slash assists. Um, yeah, so this follows on from Wednesday night. Kevin Garnett scored a dozen points. Uh, moved past the logo and past Jerry West into 15th on the NBA's all-time scoring list. And a quarter later, Paul Pierce, who had an efficient 15 points, um, he scored and moved past Charles Barkley into 20th on the NBA's all-time scoring list. So I think um, we're going to have a quick listen to what Celtics coach Doc Rivers had to say about these two fantastically huge milestones. Take a listen. What kind of reaction did the team give Paul and KG for reaching these milestones? Well, I think they're tired of it. You know, it just feels like every game we're clapping. Uh, it feels like one of those two, or just somebody's passing something uh, every night. No, they, they, they make a joke of it, but it's just really cool. Um, when you pass a, a Barkley and a West, those names, that's pretty impressive. Uh, I mean, Kevin just passed the logo when you think of it in those terms. Um, it's, it's pretty remarkable what he's doing. Nice to have Paul back in the lineup. Yeah, yeah. But really, it was nice. Uh, Avery, I thought in the third quarter, changed the complexion of the game uh, with his ball pressure. You know, because we had a stretch in the second, we're up 10, but I thought that third quarter, 
just our defense in general, and that just Avery, the whole team. We got up, we pressured. Uh, boy, that, that's really good when you do that. Uh, then they can't uh, pick you apart with who they want to go to because there's not enough clock. Touched on the milestones, how nice it is for you to watch them from the sideline. But for you as a coach, how great is it of an opportunity to coach the 15th and 20th leading scores in the history of the NBA? Well, it's made me a lot smarter. Uh, there's no doubt about that, and, and I'm honest about that. Uh, I mean, they they make you so much better of a coach than what you are because you have guys who make a bad play look good sometimes because they just have the ability. I don't know how many bad plays I've called that Paul has scored on uh, because he's a professional scorer. And, or Kevin has bailed you out with a great play. If it could be passing or shooting, uh, that's why they're so good. Uh, and that's why the teams they play on uh, win. Do these milestones seem to mean a lot to them too? I don't think they know. Uh, you know, Kevin, you will never know because he won't let you. Uh, and Paul, you know, is a little bit. I think they take it in stride. I think, you know, maybe that's why they're so good. I think it's what they expect. You know, I don't think, you know, like if one, one of us in this room passed Jerry West, we'd be having a party after the game tonight, you know. Uh, but to them, I think it's part of their journey. Doc, 19 free throws in the third quarter alone. Yeah. Did you send a message of aggression at a halftime? Yeah, I just thought we, we settled a little bit. You know, when we remember we had that one 10-point lead, it was all to the basket, and then we went back to all jump shots. Um, and once we went small, I thought we had the floor space and we should attack the rim, and we did that. Oh, I love Doc. He's such he's such an awesome coach. If I played in the NBA, he'd be my, he'd be my man. Oh, me too. He just seems so endearing, and he gets the most out of his players like he makes average players better well I mean he's he's in a really like he said on that commentary he's really in a privileged position with you know KG and Paul Pierce and the Celtics have been stunning since you know the Rondo injury I mean everyone thought they, they were down and out but um, they, they've come on you know leaps and bounds and they're actually a more efficient team without Rondo without which kind of scares people but I mean Kevin Garnett nine all defensive NBA first teams uh, four all NBA first teams um you know, one MVP. I mean, he's just he's just been incredible. One an, another MVP from an All Star game. He's been Player of the Week twenty times. He's got an Olympic gold medal. He was the All Team All Rookie Second Team. I mean, the guy's had you know an absolutely incredible career. He averages nineteen point one points over his career and ten point five rebounds. So he 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 brings it every night. And we all know what Paul Pierce has been through in his life. I mean, he's he's not had the greatest of times to to be honest. But he's come through, and you know he is Mr. Celtic at the moment. And uh, I, I want to see him in the playoffs. I, I think the the league misses something when you know the Celtics aren't in the playoffs because the Garden is probably you know one of the most attractive venues to go and play in. And I know if if you're in Boston for the weekend, you'd probably want to go and see a Celtics matchup. You could get a ticket. But on um, <laughs> on Paul Pierce, like I was when the trade rumors about him going, I really didn't want to see him leave. Like he's a Celtic and. I'm glad they didn't move him on, and well, I'm sure they're glad as well. He's been playing some brilliant ball, and on yeah. Garnett, he's just he's so intense. And at first, I I can't say I liked him too much, but once you realise he's just pure, he's just something pure about him. Yeah, the fact that he also broke in the assists into the assists, you know, all-time scoring, all-time list as well, was it just shows what what sort of a player he's like. He's not a you know a Kobe Bryant who's going to keep hold of the ball and 
not feed his teammates. He just he feeds his teammates, and that's the reason he's so successful. <laughs> well, yeah, I think the only knock on them could maybe be that they only won one ring in the uh, Big Three era. Yeah, but they came up against the Lakers yeah. side that was, you know, I mean that way that was a game seven. You can't, you don't really know what's going to happen in game sevens. They go, they go all the way to the wire, and the Celtics had a huge lead in that game seven. I think most Celtics fans will remember that. I mean, I, but they were up, you know, double digits at one point, I believe, and the, the Lakers came back. So uh, the, the, they're definitely one of the favourite franchises to keep hold of, and it's nice to have people tweeting in about them for once, actually, because we we don't talk a lot of Celtics on here. But um, anyway, moving on, there are two men in this league right now who are lighting it up. Uh, Their names are Mr. Kobe Bryant and LeBron James, and we're going to be back talking about them after this quick little interlude. Kobe or LeBron? Well, I mean, that's a tough one. I would say, I'd say the Kevin Durant. <laughs> no, <I'm just> <laughs> nah. In terms of dominance of the game of basketball at this stage, it is LeBron. Championship-wise, Kobe Bryant. He wants it so bad, and he's willing to go to the extreme, you know, guarding a guy, guarding the point guards at the age of 34, playing 38 minutes, 40 minutes. That's ludicrous. I think this is what he's battling with. It is what it is. He's, he's cursed as much as I am. If you had to pick, you know, between the two, that'd be a tough choice. I mean, but five beats one. And Bryant loving the feeling of being a five-time champ. So the Miami Heat right now under the influence of LeBron James, who is uh, arguably all odds on to win MVP this season, unless something miraculous happens. Uh, the Miami Heat are 20 and 0 in the last in their last 20 games. Obviously. Um, they're thirteen and zero since the, since the All Star break, and they've they've just been playing some absolutely scintillating basketball. Haven't um, they? Yeah, like even in some of the games, they don't even play well for three quarters. They just stay within a few points, and it just seems whenever they want to turn it up, they just get a few stops, get out in transition, and then they can just take the game away from you. Yeah, well, if we go back and look at the record starting from February the third, I mean, a hundred to eighty-five win at the, at the Raptors. Um, a 99-94 win versus the Bobcats at home and we, people forget that their home court advantage is, is it's becoming one of the best in the league now and it's, it's slightly scary I mean it's incredible uh, another win against the Rockets 114-108 to uh, they smashed the Clippers they smashed the Lakers um, they, they, they smashed Portland a team that, that, that had actually beaten them at the Rose Garden earlier in the year um, they beat the Oklahoma City Thunder who everyone thinks you know they're the closest contenders to them right now, but um, I think the, the, the games they've played this season have proved proved, proved that wrong. Um, they beat the Hawks, they beat the Bulls, the Sixers, the Cavs, the Kings, the Grizzlies. Um, I mean, that Kings game was a was a triple, it was a double overtime game, so they were kind of pushed there. But um, I suppose the big one recently that, that a lot of us would have watched was uh, the one against the Knicks, and uh, we're going to get you some audio right now. Stolen by LeBron James and flushes it down. Back up to Sexes, J.R. Smith with a costly turnover that led to 20 points for the Heat. So uncharacteristic of the Knicks. The best with handling the ball in the league. And like you said, Mike, that one sealed the deal. So uh, that was the game, well, the game ceiling dunk, really, that was uh, stolen 
in the last couple of seconds in, in Madison Square Gardens in front of a, you know a sellout crowd as usual watching the Knicks. And um, that was an interesting game because uh, the, the the Knicks could have had a chance to you know get back mm. in that with with a minute or so to go, and they they didn't make the right decisions. And uh, LeBron and the Heat made them pay, and they they were absolutely you know ecstatic. I mean they tro- they they struggled against the Knicks so far this season. I mean the Knicks have blown them out twice, yeah. I believe. I mean correct me if I'm wrong, but they would struggled against you know. New York in, in previous games which which is a stark contrast because last season in the playoffs they completely you know they manhandled the Knicks and in a game where Amare Stadamire decided to punch a fire hydrant he was that angry um, but but no I mean they've beaten big teams another one they, they beat was uh, I, I say big teams it's the small teams they've struggled with I mean we look at that record we look at the Kings and we look at Orlando I mean the only one in Orlando because of this play right here 20,000 Heat fans using their seat right there. No timeouts left, so they got to go. LeBron with 10. Guarded by Daquan Jones with 8. With 7. With 5. On the drive. Lays it in. And the Heat lead by 1. With 3 seconds to play. A foul. And half court. Heat hold. Miami wins. Miami wins. And the winning streak lays on to a sweet 16. And the first few that was from the Orlando Magic game which they only won by a point and uh, I think Vucevic obviously helped with that game he's since the trade from Philly he's brought in some rebounds for Magic and again after that they went on to beat the Sixers this rep, this runner's three victories over the Sixers so I don't know if it should count <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah the Sixers were actually leading in that game for quite a while and um, then the Heat decided to turn it up it's, it's what they do really and then well Rob- you really I really thought you pushed them yeah and of course, the big win for me was the one over the Pacers because I think a lot of people were saying this is where it's going to end, and the Pacers beat them down. They they usually beat them down, but they they just they just up it another level time after time. And when when the big three came together, this is what we expected. We expected like a. a well, I yeah. think we expected a good a good championship side. I didn't think we expected a record breaking. You know. I don't know teams to come together I don't know if we expected them to you know because they're pushing on the Lakers records of you know all time winning records and, and streaks uh, I didn't think well especially the way they played their first season I didn't think any of us expected oh, this from their next you know from their their third season in that, they, they, that LeBron James would be playing the way he is I mean for so long that shadow above his head of not having a ring he's now got that ring so I think that's taken off it. he does it's, it's incredible how you know something like that can ease the way you play and we, we saw it with, with you know Kobe when Kobe wanted that trade away from the Lakers back in sort of 06, 07 and then they won their title you know they won you know what they got to the finals four straight years and they won they won three of them so I mean it, it takes a, a massive thing off and I think the way Miami are playing right now they, they really sort of they're, they're scary I mean the ESPN the past week our first take things like that a lot of them have been saying can anyone beat these guys I mean the Sixers gave them an unexpectedly close game the other night. Your your Sixers on uh, March the thirteenth. They took them to 
to, to the last sort of seconds really and they ended up winning 98 94 so they're being pushed by sort of these smaller teams and then they're blowing past the big teams which i find i find amusing because there's nothing really that philly have got that will that is capable of a roadblock and spencer hawes the man that you uh you loved the last podcast he, he missed that layup didn't to, to to bring him back within a point or to take the lead or something. So I saw um I, think, I saw a tweet and it said Spencer Hawes is the only seven footer that doesn't realise he's seven foot. <laughs> <laughs> and I, I the the game was interesting and I think the heat with, with what you said about they they lose against uh, they struggle against the smaller type teams. I think it's because they do just about enough. Like they don't feel like they have to show up at full percent. If a team wants, to, they they would want the playoffs now. Like they're just so, they they know each other so well now. Like it's all clicked, and I, this is a scary team in the playoffs. Well, that's why I think everyone's so scared when they blew away the Pacers the other night. I mean, they beat the Pacers by fourteen. I mean, they were at home, so they they had a, an advantage there. But I still think if you took them to a series, I don't think that they'd sweep them. I mean, people would say, you know. The Heat are going to sweep the paces if they oh, end up no. playing in a series. I don't think I don't think it would happen. I think Indiana would would gristle down, and I could see it being a six seven game series. But I still think at the end of the day, Miami have got too much for everybody. I mean, even if you look at the Knicks, who are in a, an awful slump at the moment, and we'll talk about them towards the end of the show. But um, they're, they're just they're so good this Heat team, and they've found where they are. I mean, Ray Allen has he, he has fitted in like you know you wouldn't believe. It's like he's found Cinderella's ring on the floor or something stupid. But um, Dwayne Wade has has come back, and you know he's had injury problems and issues, but he has taken over in some of these games. And right now we have two of the best players in the league, two MVP candidates on the same team. That's that's how good this, these guys um, are. It's almost like LeBron's. This is LeBron's team now, obviously, but D Wade that's allowed him to become so efficient. Like he doesn't need the ball all the time. He's just found a way of just getting his points, being nice and efficient. And obviously on the defensive side, you know what he's going to bring. He's going to get you a lot of blocks for a guard. He's going to have active hands, and he just by this is this team is special defensively and offensively. Like they spread the floor yeah. so well. I don't when people say, do they need like a big? I don't know. Would he clog the lane? I, I think this team is just set up perfectly now. Well, I think Chris Anderson has sort of strolled into that role quite nicely. I mean, he brings yeah. enough rebounds to, 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 you know, apart from being a standout star in the Harlem Shake, um, <laughs> he, he is pretty, 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 he's been pretty decent on the floor for him. But right now, I mean, you've got a great all-time NBA duo brewing in Wade and James. And I mean, they get on so well and they get on so well with Chris Bosh. I mean, Chris Bosh has just disappeared recently. I mean, <laughs> We used to we used to talk about him all the time as being you know the second superstar because Wade was always so injured, but you know Bosch has Bosch has been there and he's been making an impact. Bosch carried them last season. There were so many yeah. games where he hit game winning threes or game tying shots. I mean he he was absolutely superb. And this year it's the other way around. It is LeBron and Wade making the shots. And that clip we played from um, the Orlando game where LeBron hit that layup he wouldn't have done that a few years ago he'd have taken a jumper and missed that that's what lebron used to do i mean he did it in cleveland all the time and michael jordan came out recently saying i think it is if he if lebron goes to his left he's he's going to the rim and if he goes to the right he's you know he's going all the way but it's i don't think you can judge his gameplay on that right now because he's just he's a three he's a he's an absolute freak of nature really yeah i'm sure uh, skip bayless said that uh he thought Jordan was planting some seeds for a comeback. 
like just a bit of trash talk, <laughs> a bit of trash talk with LeBron. But I, I can't see anyone guarding LeBron at the moment. Oh no, there's no one in the. I mean, even if we look at the games against the Lakers, where Kobe Bryant is supposedly right now the second best player, you know, to LeBron. I mean, he, he, even he struggled to, to guard, you know, LeBron and Durant doesn't have the physical toughness to match up with LeBron. I think he treats him too much as a friend and I think he needs to get that mentality out of out of his mind, really. And, and he gets into foul trouble need, too much against LeBron. Well, that's because the, 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 the Heat know how to play him in general, yeah. whereas at the moment a lot of teams don't really know how to guard LeBron. When, when, when LeBron was with the Cavs, you just guarded LeBron. You didn't really need to worry about Mo Williams or you know Anderson Farajar or any of them. Like, you, just, you just looked at LeBron, whereas now... You're like, oh, oh Christ! We've got you know, we've got LeBron James to guard. We've got Dwayne Wade to guard. We've got Mario Chalmers to guard because everyone forgets that he is. A, he's a he's a he's a, clutch, he's a clutch shooter. He was a clutch shooter in college. He's been a clutch shooter in the NBA. And you've got you know, Chris Bosh is all around, is around. Ray Allen. They they're the Shane Battier. Their bench play is superb. And the one thing that everyone used to rip him for was having a god awful bench, but then no one was doing that last season in games, you know, three and four of the finals, were there? <laughs> it's very scary that if you put it into a clutch situation and you put five men on the floor, you've got five people that could all hit a three point shot. It's still, like you don't how do you how do you guard against that? It means LeBron's gonna play one on one. If you double LeBron, he could do, he's one of the best passers in the league. Yeah. He, he, he reminds it's me just a bit ridiculous. of He's got aspects of a bit of Magic Johnson about him, like his vision, and but then then, then he's such th- a physical specimen. So. That's the thing. He's a mixture of all these great players, and unlike Kobe, he passes the ball. He's a facilitator on offense, and he, he makes such a difference to his team. Whereas you know Kobe Bryant seems to be sort of a a one man army at times over in Los Angeles, but. Um, Nevertheless, uh, LeBron James has just been absolutely stunning, and we're going to hear from him and Wade quickly now uh, after their twentieth win against uh, Frankie's. What did you call him a few weeks Tank last week? Tankadelphia Sixers. LeBron, you guys knew coming in this was not going to be easy. You're on the backside of a back-to-back, which you guys have handled well. You knew Coach Collins was going to have them ready to go, plus their own pride. What did it take to get over to get to twenty straight? Uh, a little bit of help. Uh, a little bit of luck, you know, we was able to get a, uh, one stop and uh, make some free throws at the end to, uh, you know, get us this win. It's been signature of this entire run. Your defense at times had to do it. And once again, you get a great block over here from Bosch, a great reverbing backboard when Hawes got one go up. Uh, yeah, man, we, uh, like I said, we need a little bit of luck. You know, Spence put that one right on the rim and it fell off and we was able to go down and knock down two, but... You know, like I said, throughout this whole streak and throughout the season, we've just been resilient. You know, been able to win at all different types of games, um, close games, blowouts, whatever the case may be, on the road at home. And uh, this is another uh, gut, gutty win for us, uh, you know, being the second out of a back-to-back. I wish this were a fancier way to ask you, but you moved to 20, and that's a big number. It just is. A lot of games, significance of it for you now is? It's huge. I mean, that's a fourth of the season, you know, that we've won in a row. And it's uh, we should all be, uh, you know, uh, blessed to be in this position, uh, be honored to be part of such a great team, great organization, and uh, for us to go for 20 straight tonight, uh, we shall be proud. I actually thought it was great tonight um, in the larger scheme of things um, that we had to come back and, and win this ball game, and we had to execute on the offensive end, and we had to do things on the defensive end to win. You know, right now we're preparing, um, you know, for the playoffs, and uh, so this was good because we will have these same moments again. We don't panic, man. Um, no matter what's going on in the game, like I said, we just don't panic. We, uh, 
you know, when you have a streak like this, you have to have some luck. Um, you know, you have to be able to win some games. Maybe you thought that wasn't possible to win. Um, but you have to play really good basketball, and you can't never panic no matter what's going on. And um, as a veteran ball club, we don't panic, and we just uh, we just move on to the next play. So uh, we, had a, we had a tweet about... Um about the Miami Heat and about their actual schedule. Um, Flying Tortoise tweeted us on, on Twitter saying, he, looking at Miami's schedule, he can't actually see them dropping any. Yeah, they got, they're at Milwaukee tonight, which it's not going to be easy. I mean, Larry Sanders in the paint, Brandon Jennings can always catch fire. Yeah, I think they're a difficult team to play against. That could be a potential first-round playoff preview. Uh, yeah, well, I think Miami would hope so. <laughs> <laughs> But I don't think um, anyone else would, you know, that they wouldn't really want that to happen. <laughs> and then they're in Toronto on Sunday. That's on Sky, I believe. Yeah, that is. That's, that's the NBA on Sky game. So we'll try and get a uh, a review or something up for you, for your people. And then they're in Boston Garden on a back-to-back on Monday night. Yeah, that'd be nasty. I think if, the, I, if I'm being honest, there's only one team I'd like to play against the Heat and it would yeah. be the Celtics. That's just me. I want, I want, I want Celtics to batter them. The Celtics have got the knack of playing against this Heat team, and uh, they take them all away. And last year, without LeBron having that crazy game six, they'd have been going home. And um, you know, I think that the Celtics, despite their age and despite their uh, their huge loss of Rondo, they're still the team that could, you know, they can cause the real damage in 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 the uh, Western, sorry, the Eastern Conference playoffs for the for the Miami. Yeah, and when. On Wednesday they go back to Cleveland, and I, I think there's not a fan base that would want to stop Cleveland. Not a fan base that want to stop the streak as much as the Cleveland fans. <laughs> <laughs> Imagine if they do stop Kyrie. It. Is Kyrie injured? injured I think Kyrie is out for three to four uh, weeks. Oh, imagine if they stopped it, man. That'd be brilliant. That would actually be insane if they if they stopped that win streak. Looking down the schedule, there's a couple more tough games. They got on the 27th they're in Chicago, uh, and then. In the thirty-first, this is going to be a big game against the San Antonio Spurs. Yeah, that, I think that's the matchup everyone's waiting to see. The Spurs are another team that are playing brilliantly. Like I watched them the other day against the Thunder. It was on ESPN, and like without even without Tony Parker, this system manages to make any player just brilliant. Like Ka- Ka- Kawhi Leonard was just fantastic. Danny Green stepped up and hit four out of four three-pointers. Danny Green, I hate that man purely for his shot against the Lakers back in. September or whatever yeah, it was. It was September. It <laughs> just looked like a. It, if anyone's going to beat the Heat, you probably say it'd be San Antonio. Like they've got they've got the paint excellence with Duncan and even Thiago Splitters looking brilliant. Yeah, what's going on there? Seriously, Andy, <laughs> come on. What, what's going? On? What's happened to Thiago Splitter? What's, what's going? He was what is, brilliant. What's Pop said to him has turned him into this because last season mm, he was awful. I'm sure Skip Bayless will be happy with that as well. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Thiago Splitter. <laughs> <laughs> yes, but no, I think I think I don't see many teams struggling the heat, but I don't know if the win streak will last too long. I mean, some something's got to snap. Someone's going to get injured, or something will happen. I mean, there's still what there's a month to go before we we hit sort of you know playoffs time. But um, no, I think um, I think the Spurs will produce a roadblock for them. But whether, whether or not it's a a big enough roadblock that Miami can't leap over, we, we'll we yet to find out. But um, their win streak has been impressive, to say the least. I mean, they've knocked off some big teams there, but some of these teams we 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 look at that they've beaten. I mean, they're slumping. I mean, mm. the Bulls. I mean, there's something going on with them. The Hawks. Are, you know, they win one, they lose one. They don't know what's going on. The Thunder are the same. 
Portland have, have just gone downhill since I started wrapping them up. <laughs> my bad. And uh, you know, the Rockets, uh, they they don't still they still don't quite know who they are. What with their uh, recent you know trade acquisition, so it'll be interesting to see. But um, moving on to the other the other player we were gonna we were talking gonna talk about Kobe uh, Vino twenty four Bryant as he is now become known. Oh, because, we are uh, not using that, are we? <laughs> he, matures, he matures like a fine wine. It's like using what is it, Wow or Way of Wade or whatever it is for for D Wade. I don't I mean, think people should give themselves their own couple. nickname. Like Kobe said, "Oh, my friend gave it to me," but Kobe doesn't have any friends. Come on. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, look, just looking at the Lakers, they're nine and three since the All Star game. Uh, the three losses have come to Oklahoma City, uh, Atlanta, which was two nights ago, and Denver. Um, no, they're not bad losses. The Thunderbird. They're not bad losses, no. And they're, they're, well, apart from Atlanta, that's what I'm going to rant about in a minute. But, um, I mean, the Thunder beat him 122 to 105. And the Lakers played well, but Russell Westbrook completely went off on one. Uh, that was last Wednesday. That was the 6th of March. And Westbrook had 37 points. Um, so we're going to talk about Russell Westbrook quickly. But before we do, we're just going to play this little uh, interview that the press had with Kobe Bryant discussing a young Russell Westbrook and comparing him to a young vicious Kobe Bryant you, you know Russell Westbrook pretty well you're on the same team at the Olympic team do you enjoy those battles you and him both played great tonight what's that like for you to go to see a kind of a young guy coming along the way you used to I enjoy the challenge you know it's uh it's always fun to go up against him you know he's uh you know some nights I get the best of him I'd argue with him and say most nights I get the best of him <laughs> but tonight he uh you know he he did his thing he did his thing he was very tough to control tonight and um you know, he's just a he's a fantastic player. Thirty-seven points for Mr. Russell Westbrook. I don't, still don't think he's the complete point guard package. He's not Chris Paul. He's not Kyrie Irving. But I tell you what, that game he did remind me of a young Kobe Bryant. Obviously, I grew up watching the Lakers sort of the early two thousands and witnessed Kobe Bryant sort of maturing and becoming you know the superstar that he is. And I could see flashes of Westbrook in him. I mean, he's very self. <laughs> selfish which is not a great thing in basketball but he does when he scores he scores and when he plays bad he plays bad as as he has done in you know in games past but um I I I think him and Kobe are very similar I think Kobe had had a lot of respect for him you know that Wednesday night when they played each other and Westbrook was was scintillating I mean we talk about Durant and Westbrook being you know the best you know double tag team partnership in the NBA or whatever you want to call it but Westbrook is he, he he could carry a team by himself. I think he was if he was on an Orlando or someone like that. Say I think he'd he'd be a huge influence on the guys around on the guys around him because he does he just scores and he puts on you know crazy shows and dunks each night. And I'd like to see him in a dunk contest. I think that'd yeah. be cool. But um, I think he's a serious serious talent. And um, if he can become you know the facilitator that we all want him to be, if he can start playing like Tony Parker, like Chris Paul. Then I think um, Oklahoma could sit, could seriously trouble people. But Oklahoma, that game, I mean, that's what they do best. The Lakers had a lot of turnovers, and you, you, you know, you have to, you, you, you take advantage of the turnovers and you use them, you know, to your advantage. I mean, when they played Golden State a few a few weeks ago, the the Thunder, they killed them purely for the yeah. turnovers. I mean, if you you want to give the ball to this young you know, vicious Thunder team, then they're going to run down the court and score against you pretty easily. So, Especially with the uh, poor Lakers transition defence. But I think on Russell Westbrook, he's he has improved a lot this year as well. Like, his assists are up. Like, I know he gets criticised a lot, but his assists are up by 1.9 a game. And I just think 
he gets. I, I, I used to give him a lot of criticism, but recently I just think he's he he is big time. Like he is going to be a superstar in this league, and I can't I can't say like he's outperforming Kevin Durant at the moment. Like Kevin Durant has not looked himself. Like in the last since he was like, but, but Russell Westbrook's but Russell Westbrook's not an MVP candidate. No, is no, he? I wouldn't I wouldn't put anyone. Kevin Durant is. <laughs> See, in the last week or so, I think Kevin Durant's played himself out of that. Yeah, I think CP yeah. has. You know, CP, I think he's sort of played himself I, I out of it. I can't really see there being much of a race at the moment. But. What do you reckon about um, them thinking he might be a young Kobe? I'm not sure. I, I... He's, got, he's, got the, he's got the ruthless streak. I mean, the way he went off on one against the Thunder, that Kobe used to do Yeah, that. I think Kobe's just a little bit more refined. Like, I know he wasn't in his younger days, but uh, <laughs> Westbrook's just... All or nothing. Like you're gonna. Uh, one thing I don't like about Westbrook is when he drives to the basket. It's just he kind of he doesn't know when to slow down. Like it's just everything comes at a million miles an hour. <laughs> I'm going too fast. <laughs> yeah, like he just barges in straight into players. And unlike Kevin Durant, he can't win every call. Yeah, I think Kevin Durant has a serious height advantage as well, which which tends to help. But I I, I can see little bits of Kobe in in Westbrook's play. I think I do think he is pretty relentless when he's when he's you know going up and down the court, and he he is ruthless. He'll stick the sword, you know, stick the sword into teams if they keep turning the ball over, and he will just he will just kill you on the fast break. And you know, Kobe Bryant used to do that, especially when he was uh, sort of the lone superstar in Los Angeles for a while. But um, no, he's um, he's definitely. I think he's got serious potential of being a, an absolute talent in this team and maybe because he plays with Durant that he's always, you know, sort of hidden in the spotlight, kind of like James Harden was in a way. But um, I think that Westbrook could be the sort of, you know, if he went to a team by himself, I think he would, he'd emerge and, you know, he'd probably be a lot better than he is now. But you're right, he has, he has, improved, a, he has improved a lot, but I still don't stick him in, you know, my top five point guards in the league, for example. Um, I, don't, I think I would. I, I think... I can't. I I put at the moment. I put Tony Parker at number one. I think he's having the best season. But then you, where do you factor in like a Derrick Rose? I, it's a tough question about point guards because they're so well, different. Yeah. Well. Obviously, because he hasn't played. I mean, the closest person I can think of who's got him at the point, the closest point guy in the league I can think of who's got sort of a Kobe Bryant mentality is probably Brandon Jennings. Mm. But that's purely because of what he comes out and says in the press. I mean, you know, we all know Jennings can score, and he's been stunning for you know when he's played for the Bucks. But he said recently he wants out and he wants to move away, and everyone was like, "Yeah, Los Angeles would be natural because Brandon Jennings just wants to win. He doesn't care if he's a role player or, or whatnot." And this is what LeBron has become, and that's that's a that's a sign of a good, you know, talent in this team. I, I see Westbrook more maybe of having sort of a Dwight Howard mentality, and that sounds awful, but you know. Dwight wanted was was the big fish in the small pond over in Orlando, and I think Westbrook would be someone you know who'd who'd fit that that mold yeah. sort of. But um, it's it's definitely an interesting debate. I mean, I can see you know, flashes of of you know Kobe Bryant in Westbrook's play, but I I don't think he's he might he, I don't think he'll ever be as great as Kobe for a start, no. and I don't think he'll ever win as many championships as Kobe for a start. Yeah, <laughs> yeah I can't see him winning many championships with LeBron in the league at the same time. Yeah, that's everyone's problem. That's ever, that's what the problem people had in the nineties with Jordan was. You know, there's all these great players. You know, Stockton, Malone. You know, all these Ewing. great players in the league. They couldn't get past Michael Jordan. And that's the problem that a lot of people had that problem in. You know, sort of the early and late two thousands was the Lakers were a roadblock for a lot of teams. You couldn't really compete with with Bynum and Gasol. I mean, especially after the Gasol trade, the Lakers became sort of a real you know, heavyweight contender again. And uh, you get every now and then the NBA gets teams like this. I mean, we get it in football. We get, you know, 
Manchester United every season. No one knows how Fergie does it, but they seem to compete. You know, Arsenal are one of the ones who are always up there, but they're never they never quite the superstar to, to push them across. And then you get, you know, teams like Chelsea who want to, you know, they go and buy the, the players. And that's what Miami have done. They've turned themselves into sort of a global NBA brand. And it's just uh, interesting to watch. But the Lakers are nine and three since the All-Star break. So those were the, the, the those are the three losses. And the Atlanta game was a very difficult one to take the other night. But um, the Lakers had a fantastic, stunning comeback against the Hornets in New Orleans. Um, they were down double digits in that game, and they they had a comeback led by Kobe Kobe Bryant and uh, Dwight Howard made made some pretty impressive blocks that game, and they also had a huge comeback game against um, the Raptors, which went to overtime. And you got to hear some of the commentary from this game because if you didn't see it, th- this game was absolutely mental. So here's some of Kobe's heroics from uh, the game against Toronto. Two minutes to play. Can they do it again for yeah, the second night in a row? You can't have any empty trips now. Got to score. Ryan with Howard rolling to the basket. And so Brock is in issue. He's going to have to shoot it with three, with two. In trouble. Four stop. And in. Unbelievable. You know how hard that shot is to make. Wow. That's a double head fake from behind the three-point line with a man draped on you. Amazing. Nash will have it. Far side. Shot on its feet. Lakers down, in trouble, quickly. Bryant, three from the corner. Yes! Kobe! You can't score any quicker than that. Now, even if they do score, it's still a one-possession game. His shot, come out in a different set. Ball out of bounds, got to get it in. No timeouts to save yourself. And Blake gets it into Kobe. Kobe, good little fake. Three to tie! Three to tie! We're tied away at nine! Kobe again! I really would. T- I mean, I'm amazed at how these coaches. I would. I wouldn't put two guys on Kobe. I wouldn't have guard guarded the guy out of bounds, even if he gets it back. Somebody other than number 24 is going to have to take the last shot. When are they going to learn that he's deadly? With a four-second differential, but the Lakers have a chance to take the lead. Bryant with the crowd roaring, right-handed dribble. Gray comes out to double. Kobe around him. Kobe down the middle. Kobe Bryant. Aaron Gray came out way too early and way too high. I said Kobe would be able to walk around him. He just waltzed around Aaron Gray. Kidding. I mean, the lane was open and the old man just went to the front of the rim again. Elevate, don't lead. The Lakers have to play. They trailed by three. They take the ball out. Everyone thinks, well, the Mamba decoyed it. And Steve Nash says, I'll take care of it this time. Just raise up, knock it down. That tied the game. Then the Lakers got to stop. Then they bring it down again. And Kobe says, come on out, Aaron. Are you kidding me? You can't guard me out here. And look at look at that defense. You're talking about a parting of the Red Sea? Stand in, get a blocking foul, get a, get anything, but don't just give him an uncontested dunk. It amazes me the mindset of some of the players in the NBA. I mean, when we look back at this stretch, one of the best stretches of his entire, what will be a Hall of Fame career, 119th 40-point game, slam dunk. Oh, I love the Space Jam music. Mm-hmm. Every time that Space Jam music on, it just... Just gets you excited, but um, 
Mr. Clutch doing it again the other night. This was stunning. If you, if you haven't seen this, go check it out on YouTube because there's tons and tons of highlights. But it was it was a stunning, stunning game. And um, you know, for a team like the Raptors to to come into Los Angeles and cause this much of a problem for the Lakers was a uh, was rare. And um, they they really gave it gave it to the Lakers. And uh, Steve Nash came up big. Kobe came up big. And you know, just one of those stunning, stunning NBA games that sort of makes us you know. That's why we love the league, is for games like that. It's like Kobe Bryant. I don't think I've ever seen an athlete at his age reinvent themselves and take them back to their prime. This is arguably up there with the best Kobe's ever played. It's, it's, it's remarkable that a player of his age is... Like last year, we were doubting Kobe. Well, I was doubting Kobe. In the, in the Western <laughs> Conference Finals, he didn't show up against the Thunder. And now he's just... I don't think any team wants to play this team in the playoffs. Like... They're going to be at the bottom of the seedings, but oh, if Kobe catches fire in a game, you could be going home. Yeah, I think that's uh, what a lot of the teams are running into at the moment. Is Kobe right now can just you know go off on one. Obviously, there's the injury that we'll talk about in a minute, but um, no, for the for those few games, he was just you know completely unstoppable. Um, so Tuesday night saw the return of Dwight Howard to uh, the Orlando Magic, the team which was which, dra- which drafted him in two thousand and four, I believe it was uh, five. Oh, four uh, it was the year after LeBron. Yeah. Four. Yeah, and um, he scored a season high thirty nine points, had sixteen rebounds, and was sent to the free throw line thirty nine times by his former teammates. Um, this was an interesting one. He sort of took it took it in his stride. Um, he was stunning. That that's the Dwight Howard I want to see as a Lakers fan. If he can turn up for the rest of the season, then I'm happy. We'll go to the you know, we'll 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 miss the playoffs and just uh, see you next year. We're fit and healthy. You know, top of the range Dwight Howard sitting in the uh, in the paint. But he was he was he was stunning and he was fed the ball by you know Kobe and Nash. They gave him the ball a lot and they sort of got him in the mood and. During the during the announcements, he was booed, but he was also cheered, which is funny. So there was obviously some Lakers fans, or maybe some funny Orlando <laughs> fans in the crowd who who were cheering him on. But um, he sort of took it all in his stride. He was running down the court at times, you know, giving back chat to the crowd, and a lot of back chat between him and Jameer Nelson, and you know, a lot of a lot of smack talk going on. And it was really funny to see. And sort of Kobe and Nash fed fed the beast as it was, and um, he came out with a performance like that. And um, he was just simply it's like if, if Dwight can carry on that, you've got. I mean, a few years ago, people were talking about LeBron and then Dwight Howard and in the top talk for best player in the league. So if you if you can get yeah. him playing well, you've got Steve Nash, who's more of a spot-up shooter almost now, and then uh, Kobe playing like Kobe. This team, this team isn't as bad as it looked a few months ago. <laughs> <laughs> it is amazing to turn around. It really is. So uh, this is this is uh, the interview that Dwight had after the game. Um, <laughs> I think you can tell by the tone of his voice that he enjoyed it, but it was also a, a very interesting game for him to play in. So uh, check out this one. I guess whatever nervousness you were feeling pre-game, you, you harnessed that pretty well. I wasn't nervous tonight. You know, I was looking forward to coming back and playing here. Uh, I was happy to be here. You know, it was a fun game. Uh, it was a hostile environment, you know, but you know, I think it was something that was good for me, you know, my progress as a player, and I think I needed that tonight. What were your thoughts on the reaction tonight uh, from the fans? What was my thoughts? I mean, you know, whatever happens, you know, they boo me or whatever, the signs and all that stuff, you know, my love for this city will never change, you know, so all the boos and stuff, you know, I, I expected that, you know, but like I said, you know, it's never going to stop, you know, the way I feel, I feel about this city. 
Did the game come to you tonight? Did the game kind of come to you tonight? Did it happen that way? Or did it well, they just found me. You smiled when you missed the dunk early and the booze came down and everything. Were you having fun with it a little bit? I mean, this is this is fun for me, man. It's, I, I came back home. It's the first time I've been here since April. You know, so I was just looking forward to being back here. Um, and I'm, thank God it's over with. Why, you had a lot of tears, too. I mean, did you hear those? I mean, how did that be? I did. You know, um, like I said, I think this is something that I needed. You know, to come back here. And I think it's something that, you know, the city needed too. It's closure. You know, we can all move on. You know, we had eight great years here. You know, uh, people going to feel the way they feel. And I totally understand that. You know, but, you know, like I said, um, all that stuff, you know, doesn't doesn't phase me. You know, um, I will always have love, you know, for this city. If you feel it's closure then in the whole situation tonight coming back here after eight years, you feel like this is this is the I mean, it should period? Be. It should be. Uh, we both got to move on uh, with our lives and our careers, you know. Um, my house will always still be here at Lake Mary. That's not going nowhere. I'm going to play basketball in L.A., and uh, we're going to try to get this championship. You and Jameer came together towards the end. Were you able to maybe put some of the stuff in the middle? I, mean, yeah, I know everybody's going to say certain things to try to you know, start situations. Um, but uh, Jameer is my brother. <clears throat> we came in together, and I have uh, nothing, you know, no bad feelings towards him. After almost nine months or so to reflect, have your feelings evolved? And have my feelings? Out, mel, mel, have you mellowed out a bit about the whole thing, all the anxiety? Well, I mean... I've forgiven, you know, everything that, you know, the whole process, whatever happened, you know, it's, it's behind me now. And, you know, I can't let it affect who I am as a person. And, uh, you know, I'm here now with this team, and, you know, we're playing a lot better, and I want to do whatever I can to help this team win. You've been a lot of, the way you guys have been playing, Dwight, obviously, the last month or so, things really seem to be clicking. Mm-hmm. They continue tonight, and, the, you know, your playoff question is, is moving forward. Well, you know, we're, we're reading things on the court. You know, we're talking more. And uh, everybody's getting in better shape, you know, and that's, that's making our team a lot better. You've had a lot of this you've been this year. Is this the healthiest you've been since you left? It is. You know, actually, I felt pretty good out there tonight. Um, still trying to get my reaction you know, back in some areas. Uh, but, you know, I feel good tonight, and uh, hopefully it continues. You've had a lot of big games in this building. What is what is the one thing that you missed being here now? I mean, you, you've you had huge numbers tonight, but what is the one aspect of Amway Center that you missed? You know, the fans have always been great to me, you know. Um, you know just... Hearing the cheers we had, uh, you know, playing in the, the finals and going to the playoffs back in the old arena, um, you know, it, was, it was amazing. You know, we we had a rocking, you know, for some for some great years. So all that stuff will always uh, be, you know, in my head, you know. But you know, like I said, I moved I moved on from the situation. Um, I came, like I said earlier, I came here a boy, you know, and uh, Lando taught me a lot of great things. And I'll always be grateful for that. Do you feel that? Do you know that some of the fans, you kind of feel their pain a little bit? Just they put a lot of time in what you've done here? I put a lot of time in this city, too. I put a lot of time, you know, in making this city a better place. And uh, a lot of stuff, you know, uh, still remains. You know, I do a lot of work here with my foundation. Uh, like, my house is here. And, you know, that stuff will never stop. Can you bottle up maybe some of that fire that was maybe in your stomach going into this game and use it? I really didn't have no bottled up fire. You know, I just wanted to come out and have fun. 
you know. Uh, that, that's the biggest thing, you know, put a smile on my face, go out there. And, uh, you know, I missed a lot of free throws, but then I made a lot of free throws. So, you know, I think all this stuff was good for me uh, as, as, as I'm growing as a person and um, as a man, you know. So, um I'm, I'm happy with what's going on right now. You're being, you're being, are you guys building and peaking just at the right time, heading into March? We are. The chemistry is coming along. Uh, we just got to keep it going. Uh, our chemistry, we talk every day. You know, we, we, we see things. Uh, all of us look at film and find ways to make our team better. And that's what we have to continue to do. Is anybody on this side have questions? Yeah. <laughs> you, had a, you had a huge night, 39 points. Do you feel that you accomplished what you wanted here? I just want to get a win, you know, and come back home. And this is a great reception, you know, despite the boobs. There's a lot of people out there who uh, cheered and uh, had a lot of fun tonight. You have a lot of Latinos that follow you. Latinos? Yeah. Well, like, I'm a stars. Um, <laughs> How you say I love you, Tam? Me, Tamo, uh, Latinos. <laughs> Thank uh, you. Uh, Why you being a Lake Mary guy, Coach Van Gundy? What about these guys? Uh, do y'all have any questions over there? Uh, do you feel like <laughs> things are starting to come into focus for this team? Uh, you know, this was a personal something you had to deal with personally. Now you have it behind you. You got the 17 games left. Been playing really good basketball. Feel like you're marching towards something now? Oh, we're getting better, no doubt. Um, our, our our chemistry is coming along. And, you know, people don't understand it. It takes a while. You know, you put a lot of good players together. It takes a while to get, get going. It takes a while to, to learn how to play together. And we were plagued with injuries. You know, we had some guys who were still hurt and trying to work their way back. And all that stuff takes time. And one thing that we... We, we didn't allow, you know, the, the outside chatter to affect us as a team. We found ways to come together and get better. Is this more of the Laker experience you expected than you went through the first 40 some days? What do you mean? <laughs> in terms of winning games, playing well, Everything happens for a reason. You know, we knew that this wasn't going to be easy, uh, but we don't want things to be given to us. We want to go and take it, and um, that's what we're trying to accomplish. Like when some of the fans were getting after you there, especially in the fourth quarter, mm -hmm. why did you decide to embrace that and kind of go back and I mean, forth as opposed to ignore it? It's, it's fun to me, you know what I'm saying? Like, it doesn't matter, like, what you say. You know, my love is not going to go anywhere. You know, I, I genuinely care for these people here in this city. You know, everything I did was because I cared. You know what I'm it didn't end right. It didn't end the way everybody wanted it to, you know, but it still doesn't change the fact that, you know, this city, you know, embraced me for eight years. Why do you think you'll come back earlier than... 10, 11 months the next time, you know, in between times of being in Orlando. What do you mean? Just a visit and Just be back visit? at home and everything. Oh, during the summer? Foundation stuff. During the summer? Sure. Uh, I, I said that like five minutes ago. Dwight, you had 39 free throws to tie the record. Was your mindset to be aggressive tonight? It seemed like you had it going early. I didn't have to be aggressive. All I had to do was run up the court. <laughs> and uh, they just, I tried to juke one time so they couldn't foul me, but... I, like I said, I thought that experience for me was great. You know, I needed that, you know, uh, to learn how to block, you know, a lot of things out when I'm at the line. And I was able to do that tonight, uh, despite the booze and all that stuff. I, I found the rhythm, and I, I found a way to block all the, the negativity out.
It looked like you and Glenn Davis were going back and forth. It did. There in the first half. I was just was having. Nature, I was just having fun, man. I have no ill will towards nobody on that team. You know, I'm uh, just having fun out there, getting myself going. Did you hear from Stan today? I heard from Stan yesterday. He texted me before, the, uh, well, as soon as we got here. What did he say? I'm not telling you. Between me and Stan. Huh? Can you relate to what this young Magic team is going through and what they're trying to put together? Uh, uh, coach, new people, new faces. Their first year, first year together. It takes time to get better. And uh, they've been plagued with injuries. And then Tito went out. Um, big babies hurt, you know, so they're learning. You know, they got a lot of young guys who can who can play. Uh, the Harris boy, I like his mentality, his effort out there. And uh, he's going to he's gonna make this city proud, you know. Um, and, you know, Vujicic, you know, he didn't have a, a great game tonight, you know, but I've been watching some of the things he, he's been doing. And uh, he, he's, he's getting better. I think this is his second year in the league. Uh, so all that stuff take time. They got they got a pretty young team with Jameer, the oldest guy, I think. Um, so he's gonna he's gonna show those guys the way. Thanks, guys. Okay, right. thank you. Thanks, Dwayne. And that's uh, Dwight Howard there talking after his probably his best game of the season. And um, it's interesting to know whether he'll stay in LA next year. Like I think at the moment it looks like he will, but with uh, Dwight, you never know. Like, could he be tempted back to Atlanta? Back to his hometown, or will he stay in the Lakers' land? I see him in Lakerland right now. I I see him taking over the reins from Kobe Bryant, and I think right now the way the Lakers are playing since the All Star game, Kobe's grooming Dwight to take over this Laker side. Kobe may be around for another year, maybe another two, but after that, this this side is Howard's and. Why would Howard turn that down to go and play in? No offense, but why would he go and play in Atlanta? Um, is it is, it, is his <laughs> hometown? Play... Yeah, but Los Angeles is you know the glitz and the glamour. This is Hollywood. This is where everyone who is you know everyone in the film industry and whatnot goes around there. And Dwight is that. Dwight is very Shaq in the way he he reacts, and not just the way he plays on the court, but he he's sort of very you know. He'd like to take over the reins and probably do something that you know Shaq did and win several championships with the Lakers. And I, I, I see him staying. I think the Lakers can offer him more cash. And I think if he plays the way he's been playing, you know, so far after the All Star break, then he'll be fine. If he comes back and he's not got any shoulder issues and his back's not playing up, I think the Lakers are onto a winner. And the, Mitch Kupchak and you know the Lakers head office and back office—they've all given their their time and their effort to keep to get Howard here in the first place and they want to keep him so I because Kobe's becoming this facilitator and it, it's making Dwight happy I mean there was a there's a clip that we're, we're going to splice in now where uh just just shows you how funny and how you know how cheerful he is to be at Lake at the moment I mean Meta World Peace was bombing interviews much the same way Chris Chris Paul did so uh here's a little bit of Meta plugging his Twitter all these cameras. I'm about to promote my Twitter. Keep talking to Dwight, yeah? How, how emotional is it for you, Dwight? Just Wait, walking in here singing all My Twitter's at metaworldpeace.com. What does she got for us? Uh, metaworldpeace. Uh, follow me on Twitter. Follow Dwight. I need a million followers. <laughs> Keep talking to him. I'm on all this FaceTime. Dwight, Dwight, you have a message for Orlando. What is your message for Orlando? So, uh, Metal Peace <laughs> randomly jumping in there. I love that guy. Him and Dwight, they must have such a laugh, those two. And I think Dwight is, I think he's enjoying being a Laker at the moment. He wasn't enjoying it before. Now he's sort of, he's understood what it's all about. I think the, uh, the, the Jerry Buss, yeah. you know, ceremony and stuff sort of shocked 
possibly shocked Howard and you know has, has woken these like these new Lakers up into what it is to, to be you know a, a member of this organization and his he, he was fed the ball a lot on on Tuesday night and he, he was stunning it, it, that was the Howard that we were used to seeing and that there's a, there's a re- that that gives us Lakers fans a reason to hope that he will stay because if he plays like that then the the Lakers team will they will they will win something because the Lakers have the draw of being Los Angeles I mean if you're a free agent and you're looking for a team like you know like Brandon Jennings said he is you're going to go to Los Angeles or New York or Miami now I mean that's what happens these players and stars want to play with each other at the moment and unfortunately that's the way the NBA has gone it's not like it was in sort of the 90s where you sort of stayed on one team I mean you couldn't imagine you couldn't ever imagine you know Jordan leaving because he couldn't win a championship with the Bulls or something could you so yeah it's um I think I think I think Howard will stay and if he does go to Atlanta it'll be uh It'll be interesting to see what um, what the Hawks do with their with their big men because um, Howard would obviously cause problems for them. I I I think before the season I I could have seen him leaving. Uh, he always pointed to the fact that he wanted to build his own dynasty as opposed to uh, like take the reins or have to live up to anything like with you know with uh, Lakers having the esteemed history of big men. Uh, he he didn't seem to want to uh, live up to that pressure, but since being a part of the Lakers organization. I think it kind of grows on you, doesn't it? Being in LA, it must it must have had yeah. an effect. I, 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 I agree with you. I don't think he'll leave. Cool. Um, so the big the big one for the Lakers fans really this week was uh, the game against the Hawks on Wednesday night, which is a really unexpected loss. I mean, frankly, I don't think you'd no. have you'd have thought they'd lose the way they were playing. Uh, definitely not. <laughs> and the way uh, the Hawks are playing as well. They're not. They're not. They've been great recently. No, the, the Atlanta are a really odd one. Sometimes they're they're pretty stunning, and sometimes they're very. They're very difficult. I always like Atlanta in the playoffs. So I always think that looks like a fantastic, you know, the Phillips Arena looks like a fantastic place to play playoff games. Because <laughs> yeah, they can't but, fill it in the regular season. But. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> but the Hawks beat the Lakers ninety-six to ninety-two, and um, it was a, it was an odd one because, uh, like we said, the the Hawks were sort of marred in this slump. Uh, they were missing two key starters, and they were facing Kobe Bryant and a streaking Lakers side. But um, yeah, it was just a really untimely win for for the Hawks to get. And during the game, Kobe Bryant went down with seconds to spare after he was trying to hit the game tying shot I believe it was yeah. and um, yeah he, he went down and rolled it rolled his ankle and it looked pretty painful it's it's been announced since that he's sprained his left ankle and um, Kobe's it's safe to say I don't think he's very happy no. about it so uh, um, <laughs> uh, what do you think about it uh, was there any cynicism there from uh, Dante Jones I'd, I, I'd hate to say yes because I'm a Lakers fan, so everyone's like, oh, he's going to say yes. But I am saying yes. Uh, it's, it's, <laughs> um, I don't think he meant to injure him, but it's almost like he just... I, f- I think Kobe, Kobe Kobe was going up for a jumper, right? And in every every situation, whenever you look at any NBA player, whether it's LeBron, Wade, Kyrie Irving, I don't care who it is, it could be Anderson Farage out for all I care. When they go up and take a, you know, a jumper, they, they, they do, they, they go off their leg and they jump up and they, they go backwards. Yeah. And Dante Jones walked under Kobe... And put his sort of, you know, he was walking into him while Kobe was in the air. And in any sport, you do not ever hit someone while they're in the air. It's dangerous. Whether you're watching Six Nations rugby or, you know, football, you the, the goalies aren't allowed to, you know, you're not allowed to interfere with them when they're trying to catch the ball from a corner. Rugby, you you can't, you know, tackle a guy in midair. Uh, it's it's it should be it's the same in the NBA. And I I think Kobe is right to come out and say that the NBA sort of missed a really bad call. And 
Kobe was that was his shot. I mean, he missed it. That, that's fair enough. But the 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 follow through with regards to the you know challenging the shot, I think, was a bit over the top from from Jones. And um, he's come out and said he didn't mean it. But um, Kobe Kobe's not too happy about it. And this is the uh, the post game interview that Kobe Bryant gave after the uh, the loss to the Hawks on Wednesday night. Well, yeah. First and foremost, I think officials really need to protect shooters. These defensive players, you can't you know, contest shots, but you can't walk underneath players. That's he Jalen rosed me. So this is all going all the way back to the 2000 finals. Yep. The Lakers' official word on this is severe ankle sprain. You're out indefinitely. What does that mean to you? I don't know. So this is as bad of a sprain as you've had in 13 years. Yep. It's Friday in the realm of possibility. Everyone knows he's got a pretty good pain threshold. I don't know. At the end of the game, did you get the shot you wanted before he ran at you? Uh, yeah. Yeah, it's my shot. It's a shot I'm very comfortable taking. But, you know, just can't go into any shooters, man. It's a dangerous play. I saw you talking to the officials afterwards. When you brought that point up, what did they tell you? I didn't bring that point up. I mean, I brought up the fact that you know, um, instructor Gary to come out there on the court. And he came out there on the court, which then takes me out of the game permanently. I can't go back in. So that was just a miscommunication. I was just having a conversation with the official. Well, you you struggled all first half, and in the third quarter, you found something. What got you going in the third quarter? I think we were all struggling. I just tried to try to you know um, will the ball in the basket and hopefully generate some energy for all of us. And, and it seemed to turn for us. And uh, but then we all went cold again. I mean, it was just one of those nice quick shots. Is that what determined it, in your opinion, in the fourth quarter? You guys just stopped making shots, or was it more to it than that? Yeah, I mean, we did okay defensively in the second half. You know, we just, but we all missed on some wide open looks that uh, you know we we normally make. How are you gonna? You know, you've I, I've seen you stay up all night and put stem on an ankle. I've seen you. You know, you're you're pretty pretty rigorous when it comes to treatment. What's your plan for this one? Same old thing. Same old thing. Just do what I have to do. Things have gone your team's way more or less since the All-Star break. How do you think you guys will respond to, you know, it has to be a tough loss? Let's move on to the next one. Kobe, Dante Jones got a flagrant of tripping you back in the 2009 finals. Was this deliberate, do you feel like? I don't, think, I don't, wanna, I don't ever want to put that on somebody. I really don't. Um, I just think, you know, players need to be made conscious of it. And I think officials need to protect shooters, period. Kobe, elaborate on that. What do you mean? But I mean, you're a really good defender too. What does it mean, protect shooters? Like you can't, you don't want. I'm always conscious of it. When I go to contest shots, I'm always very conscious about making sure I don't walk underneath them. And um, you know, it's just a very, very dangerous play, especially you know, if I'm fading away. I mean, there's, there's no rhyme or reason why I should come down anywhere near somebody's foot. Is your is your plan just now? treatment and see what happens Friday would you would you think about going home how do you feel about what you do like tonight and tomorrow I don't know I can't get my mind past the fact that I gotta wait a year to get revenge so you're you're just gonna play it day to day thanks Kobe that's Kobe Bryant guys oh man he's gotta wait a year to get revenge that that just sums up Kobe Kobe Bryant that is Kobe to a T isn't it um, I think from that you can hear his, his obvious obvious discomfort about what happened. I don't think he wanted to blame, you know, Jones for what happened. But at, at the end of the day, I think in his mind he was thinking he did this on purpose. And if you look at it, the video doesn't lie. To to be honest, I mean, 
Jones came out and tweeted that the video doesn't lie, but it wasn't covering his back. So I, I think I the only thing for me was that like he's contested the shot, which is fair enough. But then he's continued. I don't know why he needed. To, he's yeah, carried on going. He needed yeah. to do that. Just just contest the shot. The ball was in the air. That's all he can do. Like what he done was not going to affect anything. He went. He scored no. zero points in the game anyway. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, Kobe's right. If you, you you have to be aware of you know you're you're around your surroundings when you you're playing defense or offense, and you can't walk underneath someone who's in midair. I mean, that'd be like standing in front of someone who's who's you know, you know, running underneath the post as someone's dunking the ball. You're going to get hurt. It's just it's stupid. And I think I think I think it was intentional. I think it all it happened the way it meant to happen and you get no calls in the league and a no call happened and the the NBA has come out since and said it was a bad call it should have been called a foul but whether Kobe should have gone to the line and got two shots I, I don't know that's a different question I mean he'd, he'd have tied the game I have no doubt if he'd, if he'd have gone to the line but um, I, I do think it was a not not flagrant necessarily but I, do, I, I don't think it was called for I mean he carried on walking when there was no need to, to, to really keep on walking and um, he's he's played years in the league I mean Kobe mentioned the, the previous time it had happened to him because it happened to him in the finals didn't it with Jalen Rose and Jalen Rose came out and said you know that that wasn't it didn't, he didn't mean for that to happen but I think if you're the defending player you know what you're doing when you, you walk underneath someone who's in midair I mean what Kobe was probably you know three or four feet off the ground when he makes his jumper. So you, you're going to get... And he, and he was leaning. He's going to get hurt. He, he, he was a fadeaway, really, wasn't it? So he's gone all the way back. You naturally take a jump. You naturally go back when you take a jumper anyway. So he, <clears throat> he's travelled quite a long distance, really, to walk. Like, I, yeah. Yeah. Like when I first saw it, I was a bit on the fence, but now, now I'm next to a Lakers fan. I think I agree with you. <laughs> <laughs> the more you watch it, the more you think, hang on, he could have easily yeah. stopped himself from, you know following through and uh it, it was it was an interesting one so that's what we thought of it andy uh mixed opinions uh, and uh undecided opinions but it doesn't look like uh kobe will be back for the game tonight which is a shame but uh kobe at the end of that interview actually said the bit that was cut off said that um he just wants the team to carry on and get wins without him so they're gonna have to play through it and um i think, I right. think it will be really interesting i think they'll be all right i think that steve nash will nash and Howard, yeah yeah, they've they've they know what to do now. They're not the uh, headless chickens that they were in the first half of the season. But um, moving on to a, a post that Mr. Frankie put on our uh, our website and our blog that we're we're going to get sorted eventually because yeah. <laughs> cause Frankie's Frankie's bugging us about it and he's uh, he seems to be a bit more on the ball about websites than we do because we we don't really tend to fiddle with that stuff. We do the audio and stuff. But the dunk of the night or dunk of the year, it's up to you. Here's the audio. Check it out. Comes Chris Paul. The lob. Again! Oh, what a monster jam by DeAndre Jordan! Oh, ho, ho, ho. Look at Blake. Look at the bench. Lamar Odom walked all the way down to the other end of the floor with almost a sheepish grin on his face. <laughs> I want to see it again. This could be as good as anyone we saw from Blake. Absolutely. Oh, that's as good as anybody anywhere. And Brandon Knight thinking, why did I try and jump for that one? Are you kidding me? I'm telling you, Paul, can't, can't get tired of seeing this. Oh. Just pick an angle. Tell me that won't be number one of the night on everybody's list. 
So, uh, needless to say, that dunk was uh, was pretty ridiculous. It was on a shorter man, so my opinion is it wasn't so great right now. But um, we, we had a couple of tweets from Twitter. Flying Tortoise said his initial thought was damn, but after a couple of hours, his thought was just damn. <laughs> <laughs> um, he was more impressed that DeAndre made the free throw afterwards. <laughs> and he said, one thing for sure is the Clippers are selling huge numbers of posters this year with those highlights. Um, I think DeAndre Jordan's an interesting one. With his three for his free throw technique, like he doesn't look too bad, like he's got a nice stroke, but then he just misses. <laughs> Sometimes he's like, "Hang on, did I just like, miss that?" With, with <laughs> the one in the Staples Center where he just sort of airballed. <laughs> that was probably the worst free throw I've ever seen. The one where he missed the missed the rim completely. Yeah, that was on Shaq to the yeah, floor. Like most big men have awful strokes. Like Dwight Howard's is ugly, and Blake Griffin's isn't much better, but. His stroke doesn't look too bad. I just don't know what goes wrong. But onto, onto the dunk, I, I think Brandon Knight shouldn't be like lamented too much because I think he he done what what a coach would love. Like put, he went up for it. He he got made to look like an idiot, but <laughs> I, I, he was doing yeah, his job. Like he was rotating on weak side defense, and uh, uh, it happens. At the end of the day, the man who was guarding DeAndre wasn't guarding him. So Brandon Knight took over, and Brandon Knight is the he's the young star for the Detroit Pistons right now. He went to the he got embarrassed in the rookie, <laughs> game, so everyone's double sorry for him because he's just been polarized the last two months. But um, this was an interesting one. I mean, you did the uh, you did the article about it, and you put a couple of tweets on. I mean, LeBron James came out and said DeAndre Jordan, damn dunk of the year. <laughs> like it's hoops um, do you want um, to do the next one yeah Brandon Knight actually tweeted out it wasn't in the scouting reports that the Clippers threw lobs long it's <laughs> brilliant that you can actually he doesn't take himself too seriously I mean I know if that happened on Kobe I don't think he'd be very happy Kobe would be happy no, I had, that had 28,603 tweets, so that was, uh, that was going around quite a lot but this is what I like about the NBA with regards to Twitter is they're allowed to talk about stuff and they don't tend to get fined for it so yeah I, I <laughs> think Ashley... football is a bit a bit more watered down and, and, and I like it is but that's when Ashley Cole are getting you know having yeah. a go at fans for the mobile phone thing that we won't mention because it's a bit brude <laughs> I like the way in which the NBA like on YouTube it's, it's straight up like with football, you've got all these rights and the fact that you know the the highlights and stuff are so regularly available is part of the reason I think it probably is. It'll be one of the you know it might overtake football one day, but I can't see it taking it over for another couple of hundred years oh, at least. But um, ESPN also got in on the act and they said it has been almost twelve hours and we're still not sure what DeAndre Jordan did to Brandon Knight is legal. I watched a <laughs> video of uh, the, the the dunk with. Uh, commentary from the WWE and it was hilarious <laughs> Jim Ross over over that is yeah, brilliant oh, I need to check that out that sounds hilarious um, <laughs> yeah I like I like the Clippers team they, they, they've got a very good record but they don't seem to be like getting that much respect at the moment I, they're just an afterthought because <laughs> they're the Clippers yeah. sorry it's because of the Clippers yeah, <laughs> but I mean tw- 45 and 21 it's, it's a good record it's impressive but the Spurs are the same Andy Spurs yeah. year in year out amaze everyone and they're never talked about and it's not like they're in a small town market either I mean you know they're they're in Texas for Christ's sake <laughs> well I think no San Antonio is it, I think isn't it a rather small market in terms of Texas like it's not it's not a Dallas or Houston size 
No, I think Dallas. Well, they played Dallas last night and they narrowly beat them by a point. Yeah. Um, Tim Duncan went yeah. off on one, and he's arguably right now the best big man, best big man in the league. Um, but I, I think the Clippers are definitely going to str- they'll trouble people. But I can't see them seriously. No, going they don't. To the they don't seem very mentally tough. I don't. I, I don't know. If it's maybe an unfair, but. No, you, I don't think you're being unfair. I think they, I think that that highlights summed them up really. Their bench is more interested in watching. Their team is more interested in seeing the highlight reels and the crazy dunks that they throw down than anything else. They're but, a cool team because, but... yeah, that, they're they're a Showtime team. I mean, they're they've taken over from the Lakers in that respect. They're they're there for you know, yeah. like like um, Flying Tortoise said, they're there to to make posters. <laughs> I mean, they're good, but, but I think. Uh, they're a fourth in the seedings at the moment, and I'd take Memphis and Denver, who are either side of them. I'd take both of them over the Clippers. I Denver would, yeah. are on a tear at the moment. Yeah, there's a, there's a lot of scary teams in the West, which just sort of shows that the uh, the Western Conference is is the stronger as usual, which which seems to be the case. Yeah. <laughs> but um, no, Detroit uh, they got kind of you know embarrassed in that game, so uh, we'll we'll leave that. But. Um, Another team that's not doing too great at the moment is uh, the New York Knicks. I believe that they're on a pretty poor losing streak at the moment. And here's uh, here's what the uh, the Denver Nugget fans had to say after their two-year wait to give Melo some stick. It's one of their keys to their success this year. Number one in the NBA in fewest turnovers, but they've even struggled in that department in recent weeks. And a chant of where is Melo has broken out here at the Pepsi Center. Carmelo Anthony left with a sore knee. Well, they, Nugget fans have really enjoyed this. It's got to feel nice to have people thinking about you, right? <laughs> so, uh, due to the the way the lockout scheduling worked last year, the uh, the Nuggets didn't actually get to play the Knicks in what would have been Melo's return to to Denver. And um, yeah, he sort of had a hostile reception at the Pepsi Center the other night, and uh, the Nuggets blew him out, 117 to 94. And um, yeah, it was it was a fast-paced run-and-gun offense that sort of really killed the uh, the Knicks. And it was uh, you know Danilo Gallinari and crew who were the players that were you know st- were were taken in the trade for Melo in the first place that were uh, rubbing salt in their wounds. And um, I think the uh, I think the Nuggets fans really loved this 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 night. Yeah, I think the Knicks have hit a bit of a wall as well. Uh, without Melo, <laughs> uh, he's Melo's came back too quickly. Obviously, he's out again, and uh, we can't rely on J.R. Smith as a primary scorer in this league. Uh, he's a good good off the bench. He's a bit of a, he's too streaky for me. Like you, you don't know what you're going to get night night from night. Yeah, like one night like against the the Heat, I think it was last a couple of Sundays ago. He caught fire and dropped thirty-five, or whatever. And then other nights he'll just he'll take stupid shots. Like <laughs> even in that heat game, he uh, the last play of the game they ran an ISO. Yeah, he messed up yeah. on it. Yeah, it was awful. I think I think the Nuggets are um, they're they're a, they're a contender for for the West. I think they're pretty they're pretty lethal, especially when they play at home and they catch you on the break quite well. And the pieces they got in the Mellow trade has sort of turned them into what they are today. Yeah. And Mello forced his way out of Denver. Everyone knows it. it. You know, it was a sticky situation. He asked to leave, and he said he wanted to be traded before the the, the deadline and whatnot because he he was guaranteed more money from you know 
before the, the the new CBA rules came in. So he he ended up in New York in you know Madison Square Gardens. He's the man, the returning king, taking over from Patrick Ewing, and. Um, they then went out and they had some cap space and the Knicks brought in, you know, they brought in Amare and they brought in Tyson Chandler and they filled they filled it around him and it's not it's not quite worked out. And when it has worked out, it's been without Amare, which is the funny thing because I was saying, I, I think I said right when we started Double Clutch that I was talking to Andy saying that the Knicks should trade Amare. I don't think he. I don't think he fits with Melo. I uh, think they need they need a point guard. They need a point guard or someone else to play along with Melo, who's going to you know facilitate the ball. Amare doesn't do that. Amare sort of clogs the lanes up and just stands around looking silly with glasses on. And he's got a ridiculous and, contract. I think he's in top five. It's horrible. That, he's untradeable. He, like, no one will take on that contract with that knees. With his knees, I think Philly probably would, but you know. <laughs> um, but no, um, it was obviously two plus years since he'd uh, he'd played back in Denver, and he got some stick, and he went out. And um, no, he's having his knee drained, I believe it says today. Some of the sites say his, his knee's being drained, so he's got something going on there. And um, no, it was just uh, I, I like seeing oh, these teams I, get. A, you know, I mean, a I saw ones. a lot of people had a bit of a problem with them booing him, but I, I think that's it's just fair enough, isn't it? Like they, they pay their money, they get to boo who they want. He. I think what what made it awkward for Carmelo was the fact he said he wanted to go to New York. Like that, that kind of just it, it lowers his value. I mean, I know they got some good pieces, but yeah. <clears throat> if you say I'm only going to this team, there's not really much they can do. Like, no, it, it showed the fans that his heart wasn't set for there. Whereas in Cleveland, you know, LeBron is the closest player we can probably think of to to match it with, and LeBron didn't know where he wanted mm. to go. He he was. He, I mean, I I. I I thought he was going to Chicago. Yeah, that, that, that did look one of, pretty. I, 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 one of my best friends is a Bulls fan, and we thought he was going to Chicago. We were dead set that he would, he'd go to Chicago and he'd play with Dwayne Wade in Chicago. Wow. And um, obviously, obviously that that didn't happen. And Chris Bosh went to Miami, and then they all joined up together. And Melo forced his way out of Denver, and I think whenever anyone does that, they 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 will get booed. I mean, Dwight got booed because he forced his way out of. Orlando and he got coaches fired and he got head you know he got head yeah. he got head office officials and GMs fired I mean that was just a sticky situation and I, I think he, he wasn't looking forward to the return there and Melo's had a two year gap so to be honest I mean what, what did he expect I know he went out injured but he was always going to get it I just like that the fact that the Nuggets blew him out of town showed him how to play basketball that's 10 um, in a row for because the Nuggets the Knicks, it is I mean the Knicks the Knicks, because they're this huge market and because they have this great history behind them, just assume that they, they, you know, they're allowed to get to the playoffs and the finals every year, and it just doesn't happen. They haven't been out of the first round since 2000. Um, Mello, in I think I think it's eight playoff appearances, hasn't been out of the first round as well. Yeah. So, what did he give to Denver when he was there? Yeah, he gave them playoff appearances, but he didn't get them any any further than that. And arguably, right now, if you had to take a closer in the league, you'd struggle to pick between Kobe Bryant and Carmelo Anthony because. When when Anthony plays the way he can play, he's a he's a knockdown shooter and he can close games out as he did last year and um, against you know the Bulls in in what was a huge game and then he he did it in overtime and I believe that's the the shot that's actually in our intro and he was you know he, he's a stunning player when he wants to play and he's a scorer but he doesn't fit into the way the Knicks work and right he now. To, Whereas uh, he needs to get out of the first round this year. It's a big 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 playoff I, for him. I think the Knicks will see it as a failure if they don't. I think something will happen if they don't get out of the first round. What, a coaching change? Not necessarily that, because they've been through several coaching yeah. changes. But 
I think a trade or something will happen. They'll have to they'll figure out a way to get rid of Amare or you know they they need to get smart and figure out what to do with this team because they're such a big organization to sort of you know they look so good at the start of the season as well. Yeah, but then they have a problem of fitting Amare back in. I mean, they they either need to say to Amare, "Look, you're going to start on the bench every game." Or Bro, yeah. I think a big problem was Felton going down as well. I, I'm, as much as he's not an elite point guard, he does change this entire offense. Like his pen, he's one of the only players that can penetrate with a dribble. And other than him, like who have you got? You've got Jason Kidd, who's really showing his age at the moment. A lot of veterans who are yeah. showing their age at the moment. Kenyon Martin, I think, was a nice pickup oh, yeah. for him, but, but it just he... adds more age. Like, mm, they're only getting older. <laughs> right. Um, one of the interesting ones we're just going to finish off with, and this is the last one, was uh, is the Chicago Bulls because we know they've got a pretty big following in the UK. Um, yeah, they're not doing too well, are they? They're five and seven since the All Star break. They've lost four of the last five, and they were blown out by the Sacramento Kings, or should that be the the Seattle <laughs> Sea, you know, Sonics? Not too sure. Um, they were blown out 121 to 79. Um, Tom Thibodeau was was not happy about this. He sort of stood on the you know the side of the the court with his hands in his pockets and a grimace on his face during the fourth quarter. But um, Tyreek Evans, who hasn't long been a very sort of you know he's a good shooter. He was rumored to be a superstar sort of player. Um, he had 26 points and seven assists in what was you know the most lopsided victory of the season. And I don't think any of us saw this no. coming. I mean, I. Th- I know they'd lost to the Lakers and stuff previously, but the Lakers hadn't blown them away like the Kings were. I think with the uh, Bulls, uh, they look a bit tired, and like it shows with uh, Deng. What was he? Play, he averaged like thirty-nine minutes per game, and I think yeah. that's starting to show a little bit. And uh, well, they, uh, uh, Nate Robinson, you don't, like he's a good player off the bench, but you don't want him playing too many minutes. Like you don't know <laughs> what you're going to get with him, really. Like. I think they're missing Rose, and I think they've put all their cards into getting Rose back, and it's not happening. I, I, I for don't them. think it needs to happen this season. I don't want it to happen this season. As an NBA fan, I'd love to see him back in the game, and the sooner the better. But I think for the Bulls organization, he needs to wait. He he needs to not rush it. And um, you know, Derek Rose will never change. He's still the same humble guy. I mean, he came out during the the week, and because I don't know if you know, but um, a young girl was was shot dead in Chicago during during the week and um, it was all part of gang violence and Chicago's always had a pretty big problem with that and Derek Rose grew up around all that and you know he's, he's come out and said he's going to pay for the funeral and stuff so Derek Rose is still he's not going anywhere people he's not going to go and you know jump ship and change teams during the off season so I wouldn't I wouldn't worry about getting him back on time but I do think that <coughs> the, the Bulls have sort of put their cards yeah. you know all in one pot, really, and they wanted him to come back, and he's not come back. So they, they don't really know what to do themselves. And this is a team that we we define defense. Mm. I mean, last week we raved about how they played. De- not last week, two weeks ago. Sorry, we we raved about how they played defense. And the Bulls are known, that, especially with you know Boozer and Noah and Deng. I mean, they're, they're a defensive team, and to get blown out by the Kings like that is is embarrassing. That's like being beaten by the Bobcats. <laughs> I don't think it's quite that bad, but it is bad. Um, but. I think with Rose, it's not about this year. It's about the next ten years as a Chicago Bull. Like, he, I, I'd love to see him win a championship in that city. I think, but does he want it? Too, I know this sounds bad, but does he want it too much? I think when he comes back, he he's the primary ball handler, primary scorer, primary facilitator. It's almost like he feels he has to do too much. So it'll be interesting to see if these role players that have stepped up in his absence can continue to do so when he does return. Yeah. 
that's why I thought they needed a you know a LeBron James or a Dwayne Wade during that mm. that off season period a few years ago because he, he's he's a talent in the league. He's one of the best players to watch. He's he's how you know Adidas. He's probably one of the most recognisable NBA. Sp- Sports personalities that you'd you'd mm. see over in the UK because he's advertised on telly with his Adidas shoes and things like that, and you know he's he's the face of the Chicago Bulls. I mean, who has been the face of Chicago Bulls? That's right, Michael Jordan, for <laughs> Christ's sake. So he's following in big foot, you know, big footsteps. But um, I think he's he's more than capable of you know following in them. But I don't think you'll. Chicago has been weighted by this legacy of championships, and I don't think that. They'll be lucky if they ever achieve it again, because um, they need to find another player like Mike. But whether Rose can be that, we we don't know. I mean, I can see him winning the championship. It's pretty serious. I can see him winning championship, but I can't see him winning. You know, five or six. Oh, no. <laughs> I, 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 I think I, I, only Miami could do that really at the moment. But but it's interesting. Do you oh, think yeah. in uh, what was it twenty fourteen players can opt out? Like well the the big free agency class can opt out. So LeBron could become a free agent, D-Wade, Bosch. Do you think, could you see LeBron going anywhere? Or? I don't know. I I don't know how close him and Rose are, so it'd be, it's difficult, but I, uh, I, I'm i the one who thinks Cle- he'll go back to Cleveland, if I'm being honest. <laughs> uh, I, I, I'll go see it. Go back to Cleveland, or he'll stay in Miami if the other, you know, the other guys all opt to stay in. If the other guys opt out and choose to go somewhere else, then I think that it'll it'll split apart and they'll all go their their separate ways. Which but, I'd like um, to see, to be honest. Well, if they all went yeah, to separate teams, I, I, I'm not too happy with this buddy. Let's all buddy up and win a championship together. I think it it's a bit. <laughs> I think superstars are too mentally weak these days. They don't want to fight it out and grind it out. It's a bit similar to. Um, like in football, Robin Van Persie. Like, why, why couldn't he stay at Arsenal and win it? I mean, that's a bit biased, but like <laughs> players, just I just think they just they ring chase too much, and I think it, the ring would have valued. I know LeBron won the ring last year, and it was great, but imagine how special it'd have been if he'd have done it in Cleveland. Oh yeah, if he'd have won it in Cleveland, that that's it. Uh, I think it would have been Jordan esque. Yeah, he'd gone off and winning. Yeah, he'd have gone off and won in Cleveland, and then. I think Jordan's come out and mirrored what you said. He said before that, you know, the league has changed so much now. Back when he played, there wasn't this, you know, I'm going to go and, you know, link up with the best players in the league. I mean, admittedly, he played with Pippin <laughs> and Rod, so he wasn't wasn't too stuck for superstars. But, I mean, you know. It makes you wonder, though, could um, LeBron have ever got a good player to go to Cleveland? Like, I think Chris Bosh, wouldn't Chris Bosh have gone to Cleveland? Or I, I do I don't see why anyone wouldn't go to Cleveland. I mean, I like watching Cleveland play. I think their fans are fantastic. I think it's a great arena to play in, and I love the name, the Cavaliers. They've, I mean, they've I'm never cool. won a championship either. Cleveland sports in every sport has never won a championship. Imagine, imagine being the first team too. You'd be, be an icon. Yeah, it's a, it's an interesting one. I I I do agree with you. I think that it is it. I think it's it's good for the league that oh, all yeah. these players link up. But then again, it's also bad for the league because you get all these mediocre teams like the Bobcats uh, and the Sixers. Well, the Sixers weren't mediocre last year. It's just this year that they've been sort of dodgy. But um, I think I think if your Sixers went out and acquired multiple superstars, I don't think you'd oh, be well, complaining no, too much. Complaining, but <laughs> <laughs> it wouldn't happen. But <laughs> I still don't know if Doug Collins could coach that team. But... Yeah, well, this this debate can go yeah. on forever, so we're going to bring the uh, bring the show to a close. I think we've, I think this might be the longest episode ever, but um, hopefully Andy should be back in two weeks' time. 
Um, let us know what you think. Get involved using the hashtag NBA in the UK. Get involved with the Sunday nights. Get tweeting. Um, if you watch the NBA on Sky, you know, let us know your thoughts. Get your emails into us, your questions, your queries. If you want to come on, let us know. Or you want to vote for the blog, let us know. You can find us on the doubleclutchpodcast.wordpress.com. We will try and get that changed because Frankie wants us to get it sorted out. So we will get that changed. <laughs> And um, yeah, just keep an eye on the articles and please review us on iTunes because we've uh, we've been flying up the iTunes rankings recently because of a lot of fantastic five star reviews from everyone. So uh, check those out. Don't forget you can follow the show on Twitter at Double Clutch Free. You can follow myself on Twitter at Matt Smash. You can follow Frankie over at Guna Frank. Guna Frank indeed, because he is an Arsenal fan. If you hadn't guessed already. <laughs> uh, yeah. But um, yeah, thank. Thank, thank you for all the, uh, the the reviews on iTunes. They really do mean a lot. I mean, to get to get stuff like it's great to get a UK based NBA podcast at last, and a great podcast with hosts that have an obvious love for a game, and it's really refreshing to hear a UK group talk intelligently about an American sport. I mean, that's what we wanted to do, and that's what we want to create. And I know there's loads of NFL podcasts and stuff like that, and NHL podcasts out there, which I was shocked to find, <laughs> but. Um, no, I think it's time the NBA sort of stood up and you know played its game amongst the uh, the big boys of the American sports. So um, it's a uh, it's been a pleasure talking to you all again, and we will catch you in two weeks' time. So get involved with the conversation. Catch you soon. Bye bye.